This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Live and local every single morning, Monday through Friday. Guess what, Jake? What's that? I know this is shocking. Yeah. We are at 4,976 subscribers. Let's go. go. On this YouTube channel, just 24 more to go until we give away a PlayStation 5 right here on the show. Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, brand new look and feel on the show. A lot of big stuff coming I would guess this week we're going to wind up announcing the winner of this. Yeah. Probably I'm, tomorrow. Honestly, probably tomorrow. Tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. Latest Thursday, but All most likely tomorrow. you have to do is give us a thumbs up and a like. And, uh, yeah, that'll get the job done. Make sure you uh, follow us everywhere you get your podcast as well. Yes, we do this show on audio and on video. So no matter where you get your podcast from... Spotify, obviously, Apple, Google, uh, the you know Amazon, you name it, wherever you get a podcast, Odyssey, iHeart, Stitcher, uh, we love you all. Just search The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, is where you find our show. But without further ado, let's talk Utah Jazz basketball, as we do, I feel like, every day on this show. Um, Donovan Mitchell photographed over the weekend, Jake, working out with LeBron James. And it seems like, and now I could be wrong about this, right. it seems like the Utah Jazziverse, wow, Jazz Nation, uh, lost their minds over this photo of LeBron James and Donovan Mitchell in Chris Brickley's gym working out together. The question that came to my mind immediately when I saw that video is, do you have faith in, do you believe in Donovan Mitchell, Jake, that he is working hard to come back a new and improved Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, absolutely. I think that Donovan Mitchell is is working hard. I, I And I think there's a number of reasons for that outside of, hey, I just want to be a better NBA basketball player. Like, I think Donovan Mitchell realizes that the Utah Jazz are in a what I would call a trans, you know, a transitional phase where, you know, the roster is going to change. You're going to have a lot of uh, new faces that are going to be here. And so Donovan Mitchell understands that, that he has to come in and, and, and be better than he was last year. And, and I think, again, I want to be really clear. This isn't just an offensive thing. This is uh defensive as well. And so when I see him, you know, at Brickley's gym with LeBron James, I, you know, Donovan Mitchell needs to, you know, savor those moments he needs to learn from LeBron he needs to to talk to LeBron and really get an understanding of how he can be a mid-range assassin and then furthermore how he can be really good on the defensive end without fouling because that's what I think is required now in the league I, I think you see that you know across basically every good defensive team in the NBA they are able to contest at the rim without fouling they're able to contest at the top of the jump shot without fouling um, and I think that that is where Donovan Mitchell's game is lacking and I think you know the other thing for him is understanding you know this whole concept that the Utah Jazz are going to change the leadership department has to pick up for uh, Donovan Mitchell as well and I think that is something that he can really learn from LeBron we all know LeBron 
you know, over the course of his career has always been the leader of his team. And I think it's so important for Donovan Mitchell to sort of step into that realm as a, as a player, like, Hey, this is my Utah jazz team. I am Donovan Mitchell. I need to be the guy. And I think that Donovan Mitchell just, there's learning to be done. And so how, how confident am I in Donovan Mitchell to get it done? I am very confident in him. I think he is one of the hardest workers we see in the league. Um, does that mean that he's perfect? No. But do I have confidence that he's going to work his ass off to get as close to that as possible? Yes, I absolutely am. And I think that, you know, with where he's at contractually speaking, he's got time left with with the Utah Jazz. And I think he understands that if he can come back a better player, that's only going to help him get closer to the state of goal, which is winning a championship. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you're the Utah Jazz front office and you're Danny Ainge and, and you're Ryan Smith and you're whoever they hire to be the head coach, this should be really exciting to you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is exciting. There's no doubt about that. But I, I, I also think that, you really have to look at Donovan Mitchell and you, I think you have to find a way to be objective. And I know for Utah Jazz fans, that's been a challenge, being objective when it comes to Donovan Mitchell. Does he have his flaws? Yeah, absolutely he has flaws. But I think every NBA player has flaws. Is Donovan Mitchell a, an elite defender? Not at this point in his career. Does he shoot consistently enough? He does not. Was he good in clutch? He was not. But how much of that is on Donovan Mitchell? Well, if I look at his ability to play in the mid-range, absolutely, that's 100% on Don. And I think that's what you're seeing Donovan Mitchell work on this offseason. And I think if Utah Jazz fans will take the emotion out of their, their thought process on Donovan Mitchell, I don't see how you're not excited to see what he's doing this summer. And I don't see how you're not looking forward to seeing what Donovan Mitchell brings in that bag to training camp. Mm -hmm. Because if he shows up with a mid-range game, if he shows up with footwork, and if he shows up with a much better, different mentality, look out, because the sky's the limit for Don. And when we talk about what is Donovan Mitchell capable of, because I think that's a huge question. What is Donovan Mitchell capable of? Mm -hmm. I think he is capable of being one of the top five players in the league, Jake. And I know that I'm probably a a minority in that thinking. Yeah. But I do think that Donovan Mitchell has the ability to be a top five player in this league. Yeah. Well, and I think for for Utah Jazz fans, that's that's a tough question. Like, like, is this guy in Donovan Mitchell somebody that that can be that player? You believe it? I definitely think he's capable of it. But again, and and I know people, I know you guys hate when I bring this up. The fact that he is 6'1", or whatever he is, he's a little bit smaller of a player, that means he's got to play the game in a different way. Notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he can't be a top-five player, right? Chris Paul does some amazing things for being as small as he is. There are guys in the league who can dominate at that size, but you have to learn where your spots on the floor are. You have to learn how to be a, a killer within your body, within your game. And that's what I think Donovan Mitchell needs to kind of get a grip on because because what did we see last year out of Don? We saw we saw a lot of, of deep threes. We saw that he extended his range in the three-point game. And a lot of times, it, it kind of took the Jazz out of games. There were a lot of times where Don did, did some hero balling and the Utah Jazz paid for it on the floor. With all due respect, I, I'm not trying to come out and rip Don, but I think we saw that play out a bit. And so when I look at what he's doing this summer, I think that Donovan Mitchell understands that, like, hey, I have to get more of a mid-range game so that when I do take those threes, they're much higher 
percentage looks. When I do want to get to the basket, if the defender's got to respect my mid-range game, that's going to make it way easier for me to get to the cup. You know, outside of the fact, like not, we haven't even talked about his athleticism and his first step and how good he is at getting by guys. So imagine if the defender that was playing him had to respect the fact that, yeah, he does have a hesitation move. Yeah, he does have a, a reliable knockdown automatic elbow jumper. How does that change Donovan Mitchell's game? And furthermore, how many wins is that worth to the Utah Jazz? We haven't even got to the fact that that he will probably be, you know, permitted to play in more space this offseason, again, based on what they do with the roster. So that's what I'm saying. Like, this summer for Donovan Mitchell is crucial as far as his future is concerned. Yeah, and I, I, I think that goes without saying. This yeah. it, Don's got to come back, and, and I really, really hope that he comes back in a, a mid-range assassin. I mean, I, I, I think, and I know we talk about this a lot, and I know we have talked about this a lot, I, but I, I just think when you are, you know, the, the caliber of player that Donovan Mitchell is, and you're going into 2022-2023 in the NBA, you have to be absolutely locked in the mid-range. You, you can no longer, you know, turn the ball over in the paint. You can no longer miss layups. You can no longer hope to get fouled because the expectation may be there for you that they're going to blow the whistle, but we've seen that the NBA officials can't be counted on. To, to, well, it is. It's terribly vexing, terribly but vexed. you can't count on NBA officials to make that call. Yeah. So this idea that Don can drive into the paint, be aggressive, get contact, and get to the line, it, I don't think you can expect that. He has to be able to pull up at the elbow, to pull up at the free throw line. He's got to find those two spots on the floor where every time he pulls up, it's going in. Yeah. In his mind, in the opponent's mind, it's going in. And if Donovan Mitchell can do that, and we've seen him do that early in his career, but I feel like because of the offense that this team ran, the emphasis on three-point shooting for Donovan Mitchell grew at a very high pace. That's every day. And I think last summer we saw Don came back an elite three-point shooter. That range was far, far expanded last year yes. from three. And I think he became somewhat of a knockdown three-point shooter. But the issue is, in my opinion anyways, it came at the expense of his mid-range game. And I think when you look at the best teams in this league, whether that is Steph, Clay, and Dre in the mid-range in, in Golden State, certainly in the West when you look at Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix, they win games with Book and CP3 in the mid-range. Devin Booker, in my opinion, is the exact kind of player Donovan Mitchell needs to be. And I don't think they're far apart. I don't. Mm -hmm. I really don't think they're far apart. But what I do think is that Devin Booker is an absolute assassin in the mid-range. Yeah. From the baseline, from the elbow, from the top of the key. And by the way, he's still a knockdown three-point shooter. Donovan Mitchell can do all of that. I just think that right now, he's not. Mm -hmm. Because it, the mid-range hasn't been the emphasis in this offense. Yeah, and I, and I think that Donovan Mitchell is is somebody who 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 can be that. I I think that he he's obviously physically capable of making those shots. But again, I can't emphasize this enough, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but but guys like Donovan Mitchell, guys like Devin Booker and Jason Tatum, like these premier scoring options. What's the one thing that gets taken away from them in the postseason? That one thing is space. That's how you mess with these guys. You get in their grill, you take away their space, you make it difficult for them to operate. And so my point here is that with Donovan Mitchell and this Utah Jazz team, 
Dude hasn't had space to operate in like three seasons. Like most of his career, he hasn't had the kind of space that these other guys get because they're not, they're not, that's not how they ran offense. So I'm telling you, like, if he if he works on that mid-range, gets a reliable jumper that he can knock down consistently, maintains his three-point game, and and they change this offense. Obviously, there's going to be change in the offense with the hiring of a new head coach. But, like, if that offense is built to get Don in good positions, he's going to have a phenomenal year. Now, is that I, – I think the, the, the real crux of the conversation is, is Donovan Mitchell's best work – for the Utah Jazz enough to take them to the postseason on his own? Is it enough to just get into into the playoffs? Like, like what does that do? That remains to be seen. That's what I think is tough to answer right now because we have no idea who he's going to be playing with. Well, I also think that uh, Greg Hawkins gave us a $5 tip this morning and said, what's up, y'all? Thanks, Greg. Appreciate Greg you, Hawkins, bro. by the way, the movie premiere looked fun. Um, the, you know, the, the clips that you've posted look phenomenal. Having fun is the name of the game. Yeah. So congratulations. He like Greg Hawkins is a legit TV and movie star. Yeah, dude. Watches the show. Appreciate you. Greg. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for the tip. Uh, the blind sportsman DS says, yo, Donnie is destined for greatness. LeBron to Utah. LOL. That well, was he's going to wear the, number 23. We all know that. You know, so. that was one of the, f- yeah. but wait, no buckets. So bench wears number 23. Well, you know, you know, yeah, uh, no, but that was one of the funny things about this picture that came out with Donovan and, and LeBron James in Chris Brickley's Jim, Chris, the renowned skills coach in the NBA. Um, was that everybody was like, oh, Don's going to the Lakers. And so I jokingly tweeted, no, <laughs> LeBron's coming to the Jazz. And every, like, yeah, everybody lost their mind. It, w- it, was, it was one of those things that, classic. that to me was classic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Good morning, Tanner Plummer says, morning, you non-credible sources. Yeah, LeBron to, hey the, to the Jazz, man. Hey guys. It's happening. Um, Ed, Edgar Garcia says, good morning, players. Uh, what's up? Kenny says, my brother predicted Gobert trade announced today. Well, you know, I, I can only tell you what I've been told and I continue to be so- told by, by jazz sources. People at the team have told me repeatedly that the, the draft was not the place that the jazz were going to be able to make moves because they did not have draft draft assets to trade. Um, which made it very difficult. If you look at the deals that got done at the NBA draft, it was teams that had multiple picks. I, I mean, look no further than the Knicks, who were able to acquire and then offload picks to create cap space for Jalen Brunson. And But the Jazz don't have that flexibility. The Jazz are in the luxury tax. It really limits what they're able to do and what they're able to acquire. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that also has a massive impact on their ability to operate in free agency, which is why there's a lot of people... Um, you know, who are who are thinking there's going to be a Rudy Gobert trade this week. I will still maintain, and the very latest on Rudy Gobert is the Jazz continue to maneuver to try and make a Rudy Gobert deal. And when I say maneuver, they were very active leading up to the draft. Things have quieted down quite a bit, but that's because they need other teams to make deals to facilitate a Rudy Gobert trade. They need other teams who acquired those picks at the draft they need those teams to make deals now. Yeah. And I think you're going to see that as we lead up to Friday. By the way, NBA free agency opens July 1st, which is Friday. Let's go. I've been waiting. But a lot of deals are already in place. There are a lot of free agent deals. There are a lot of sign-in trades I think are going to happen. I don't think, A, a sign-in trade is not a, a viable option for the Jazz. They need to move Rudy Gobert's contract to create cap space to create the ability to have the freedom to make those deals, Jake. So I I think 
Friday is a a monumental day in the NBA. There is no doubt about that. But I think it's monumental because um, when you look at what the Jazz can do and what we should expect from the Jazz in free agency, I don't think you should expect much. I think once once we find out what is the return, what's the net on Rudy Gobert's deal on the trade, because I still maintain I'm 75-25 that they're going to make a Rudy Gobert trade, and I would not be surprised if it happens this week. In fact, I would assume the best, highest return would come this week leading up to free agency. So I would not be surprised at all if it happened this week. But you need to wait and see what their return on that is and how much space that creates for them. Mm -hmm. I still maintain the Chicago Bulls are the best place to do that. I still maintain that as of Saturday afternoon, Patrick Williams was not going to be involved in in a Chicago Bulls Rudy Gobert deal. That has not changed. The Bulls went out to market. They tried to acquire extra picks. That did not happen. I think that is an indicator that Toronto likely becomes the most likely place for the Jazz to make a Rudy Gobert trade. Just based on the things we're being told, the things we're hearing, Toronto becomes a much better answer than Chicago does because Chicago doesn't have a whole lot of draft assets in the future. I mean, they really are very limited on what they can do. And I think Danny Ainge, and rightfully so, has prioritized getting back into the draft in the coming years. Yeah. Because they were not able to do that. And I think it is a significant issue. Now, I'm not telling you that you're not going to win a championship or compete for a title because you don't have draft picks, but it certainly helps you mm-hmm. to fill the back end of your roster. Now, what you do with those, and obviously we've seen that guys like Trent Forrest, Jared Butler certainly was a storyline last year in his lack of use. Um, I mean, all of those things matter. Yeah. But this team with this CEO and with this owner, they are very committed to building a team through free agency and trades that keeps them in the playoff picture and allows them to build around Donovan Mitchell and allows them to win a championship in the near term with Don. Yeah, and I think they have a couple of these boxes that they need to check, you know, as far as like moving forward. I don't mean just from a player standpoint, but like moving forward in the organization, like you do need to improve your your developmental game with these young guys. Like, like again, we're sitting here talking about, hey, like who can they go and get? Like what deals can be made? Like, well, like what are all these things that we can do? But you've got a guy in Jared Butler that you could easily develop and turn into a serviceable backup point guard. And maybe, I, I don't know. See, that's the trouble. I don't know if the guy could start in the league or not because we just haven't seen enough of him. I know that he shows flashes of some pretty special talent, but is it consistent enough? Does he make good decisions consistently enough? Like, like that, like those are the things that need to be improved. So I, I will still maintain the development piece. Now that Danny Ainge is here, I would guess will go up significantly. And if that happens, they're going to be in a much better place moving forward. But it's going to take time to work through the the mistakes of the past. Yeah, and I I, I again as we talk about Donovan Mitchell, the Utah Jazz, and NBA free agency coming up here on the Monty Show. I again maintain. I am 100% on board with how the Jazz are going about this. You can see they are trying to trade Rudy Gobert. They are building around Donovan Mitchell because I will tell you, I believe that Donovan Mitchell can be a top five player in this league. Mm -hmm. I believe that Donovan Mitchell is the guy that you can put at the center of a team and you can win a championship. I'm for real. I say that, and, and he is for real in my opinion, and I say that. Because I truly believe, as uh, Sheeran26 says, Donovan is going to be a GOAT. I think before it's all said and done, 
Donovan Mitchell could be the best player the Utah Jazz have ever had. But what do they need to do to put him in position to be that? That's what I think the conversation is. Well, and I, I think that's a, that's a big one. I think what you have to do is I think you have to do what Boston's done, which is surround Jason Tatum with a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I think you have to do what, what, what Phoenix did. You need a guy on this team, in my opinion, that's won a championship. You need a guy on this team right now who can say, this is how you do that. You know, like, hey, control your emotions. He can sit in the middle of a locker room or stand in the middle of a locker room and say, hey, guess what? I have a championship ring. My word carries a little more weight than mm-hmm. yours. Who can, and I would love to see a, a CP3 Devin Booker situation here in, in Utah for Donovan Mitchell because I think Don has some maturity to do to 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 in, to be instilled in him. Yeah. He needs to learn how to be a leader at this level because Donovan is naturally an alpha, in my opinion. I don't know Don, just covering the team a little bit, watching every one of his games, like hearing the things he says, the way he answers questions. Don is an alpha alpha male, a leader, a guy that wants to win at all costs. He needs help understanding how to leverage that. Mm-hmm. That's that's That truly is what took the Suns to the next level. Now, they also drafted really well. Obviously, Devin Booker's an example of that. But I think the Mikhail Bridges pick, where this is a guy that had multiple years at the top of the college basketball world with one of the best teams in college basketball, stepping into a situation where no stage was going to be too big for him, even as a rookie. Yeah. And you saw as the Suns progressed through the playoffs, got to the finals, got you know in tough situations in big games, he was able to perform. The Jazz don't have that. And that's why this Rudy Gobert trade becomes so critical. That's the beginning of of the future. The minute that they make a Rudy Gobert trade, that helps Donovan Mitchell become a much better off-court leader for this team. Because his game's always going to do the talking. I think Donovan Mitchell, and I think we've seen that, Jake, that Donovan Mitchell does talking with his game. Yeah. He's going to come back this year a better player. Yeah. There, yeah. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. And I, and I think that, yeah, again, the leadership piece is huge. I think that Don is, in order for this team to go places, the culture in the locker room has to be on point. I mean, it just it's just a required ingredient to bake in the cake, if you will. Like, like these the, the, the team relationships and how it feels and do these guys like coming to the office every day, like, you know, that has to be on point. And I think for that to be on point, Don's got to be on his game as far as as the team is concerned and as far as leadership and how everything feels. And that's why I say, like, when we talk about head coaches, like the Will Hardys of the world, you know, the Johnny Bryants of the world, like these guys that we've been telling you about, that's what those guys do really well. They're they're going to foster a really good environment on the team. And not that Quinn didn't, but I just think when you're with a team for 10 years, you start to, you st- when you hear the same thing every single day, sometimes it can, it, over the course of a decade, you just need a new voice and I think that's also what will happen when they bring the next guy in that's why I'm saying if you're a, if you're a Utah Jazz fan right now and you're looking at what this Donovan Mitchell picture of him and LeBron at, at Brickley's gym this is not something to have anxiety about this is something that you should be excited about you should be excited about the fact that the best player in the Utah Jazz is learning from arguably the best player the league's ever seen that should be exciting to you it's definitely exciting for me yeah and I, I think when we talk about Donovan Mitchell, I think it's a dangerous game to compare him to other players. Mm-hmm. But I think it's inevitable when we're talking about Devin Booker and, and Jason Tatum and 
you know, I mean, pick the other young gun in this league, whether it's a John Morant, whether it's a whoever you want to point to. Those guys all have built-in advantages that Don does not. That's not an excuse. That's not a thing where, hey, Don would be better if. Right. But my point is, you can't win alone in this league. And if we've seen one thing out of LeBron James be be very true, LeBron never did it as a singular only player. Whether that is Kyrie, whether that is Anthony Davis, whether that is, you know, the 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 decision. The decision. With D Wade and Bosch in Miami. It's very hard to win in this league. And if you look at Golden State, everybody on that roster played a key role, whether that's Draymond Green, whether that's Clay, mm-hmm. uh, certainly Poole, Steph Curry obviously is the straw that stirs that drink, but he wasn't going to win a title on his own. I look at Boston and, and the emergence of Jason Tatum and Jalen Green together, backed by the best defensive core in the NBA, backed by a young head coach who knows how to communicate with today's NBA player. Those are all advantages that Donovan Mitchell does not currently enjoy. So I think those are big ones. So let's Bojan. Get, yeah, Bojan Bag Snatchevich. Right. Uh, I, I, and again, you know what? It's funny you bring that up. You play that drop. Right. Because I, I do think that Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy who can be on this team and they can win a championship. Yeah. Because one of the other questions that we've talked a lot about on this show is can the, can the Utah Jazz win a championship with Donovan Mitchell? Will Donovan Mitchell win a title with the Utah Jazz? They can. Will he? I don't know. Ask me in six weeks. Ask me when this roster is largely constructed. Then we could talk about will Donovan Mitchell win a championship with the Jazz? Because I'll go back to what I said a year ago. Yeah. A year ago, pretty much right now. If this team wants to win three titles in five years, they shouldn't have re-signed Mike Conley. And that deal last year, and it's it's on our YouTube videos. Go, go back it. and look at it. That video set this team back, or excuse me, that contract for Mike Conley set this team back two years. Thanks. That was a good trade when they make it. I'm not going to sit here and cry about the the history of the of that trade and who you lost and had and whatever. That trade was a good trade. Resigning Mike Conley was a bad decision. <clears throat> to pay him that kind of money was a bad decision. And I think you knew the risk as well. I mean, you knew that this was a guy that missed time, you know, and, yes. and, that, and that's what, that's what I, what, what really gives me, you know, pause about, about the past and, and where you are now. And, and that's why I think a lot of jazz fans, like last week, if you listen to the show, you remember that everybody in the comments was talking about how like, Hey, should we be worried that they didn't do anything on draft night, that nothing got done. The Gobert deal didn't get done. We didn't get, we didn't make any type of deal revolving around Conley to get picks. Like, And what I'm telling you is that I don't think you should be worried or have anxiety about anything right now. I think that anxiety should start to set in if the Rudy trade doesn't happen. Now, I'm not telling you that there's even a chance on God's green earth that it's not going to happen. They're definitely going to do it. Yeah, I would agree. All right, let's get some of your comments in here. Trevor Pearson says Chicago has zero players Jazz are interested in. Uh, that's completely wrong. Yeah. With all due respect, I, you know, just talking to talking to our sources at the Jazz, talking to, to people around the league, I can tell you right now the Jazz would do just about anything in that deal to get Patrick Williams and Io DeSumo. There is just no doubt about that. I mean, is Nikola Vucevic somebody that's a deal maker breaker? No, absolutely, he's not. Does he make you a better team? Probably. 
he makes you a better offense. He is a zero on defense. Mm -hmm. um, does a guy like Kobe White make you better? Yeah, I don't have much interest in Kobe White as a standalone. But when, when we talk about NBA trades, NBA trades are not made one for one. NBA trades are a package to make salary work. And if you think the, the, the Bulls don't have talent that you would want, I don't know what Bulls team you're talking about. Maybe you're talking about the, the South Florida Bulls. I don't know. <laughs> but when I look at the Chicago Bulls, I'm on Patrick Williams and I want Io DeSumo. And, I, you know, call me bias, obviously, based on the poster that's on the wall behind me. I'm a huge Chicago Bulls fan. I watch just about every one of their games. And I'm telling you right now, Patrick Williams is the exact thing that this team needs. He's that, an assassin. That guy's a monster. He can defend the perimeter. He can shoot it a little bit. He can get to the basket. Like, if Patrick Williams is on this team last year, the 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 Utah Jazz beat the Dallas Mavericks. You I know. can tell you that right now. Yeah. And I, I will also tell you, watch Io DeSumo. You don't know that name. You don't know who that guy is. But I'm telling you, watch Io DeSumo. And again, I don't know if Jeremy Bolton's in the room this morning or not, but I'm telling you, Alex Caruso is a guy that you want on a championship team. There's a reason that he was a year ago one of the most in-demand players in this league yeah. because Alex Caruso does the little things that you don't have somebody on this roster to currently do. And you can you can say a lot of things about the Bulls. Are they, are they deep? Sure. But they don't have players you're interested in. So Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, again, DeSumo, Williams – They've got a bunch of dudes I'm interested in. Maybe I'm just a homer. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of dudes I'm interested in. Tanner Plummer, good morning to you, my friend. He says, so in other words, Trevor Pearson, Chicago has nothing to offer. Hey, guys. I just don't agree with that. Yeah. The draft pick thing's the biggest problem. And it's again, it goes back to what I've said since the beginning. This is why Rudy Gobert is a three-team trade. It's a $50 million deal. Yeah. Very few teams have $50 million sitting around looking to pick up a center who doesn't score uh, you know, in the rotational offense, who needs you to miss shots for him to score his best, highest use. That's an issue for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. But again, what I'm telling you is there's no doubt in my mind, Chicago has players you need. The problem is they don't have draft assets. They're in a, they're not in a dissimilar situation to where the Utah Jazz are. Uh, Kenny says, play Butler next year. Start him if Conley is traded, but don't feed him the last two minutes of every game. Well, I think you got to make or break on on Jared Butler. I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think it, it it as we go back and we're armchair quarterbacking and not playing Jared Butler this past season was probably a mistake. Well, I think we've been saying that that they are not that, like Quinn didn't play him enough. I mean, we've been on that train for a long time. I mean, this isn't. I'm I'm we're not armchair quarterbacking that. I, we've been talking about that for months. So I just think that that not playing. Young guys is not a formula that wins anymore. Again, look no further than Golden State. All their young guys contributed. Jordan Poole was somebody that nobody knew about three seasons ago yes. and developed into an absolute savage that helped them win uh, a championship. Nobody's talking about what they're doing with James Wiseman right now, and, and I don't know how long he'll be on that roster, but I'm just telling you the gold standard for development is the Golden State Warriors, and you should you should like follow that. Like I don't think there's any problem in copying what they do. Like play the young guys, you know, a good amount of minutes, not the whole game, but a good amount of minutes. They got to develop. Yeah, I agree. Tanner Plummer says, uh, "Jazz Nation." Well, after that Don LeBron video, I feel like Spaz Out Nation is more accurate. Hey guys, Jeremy Bolton. Good morning to you, my friend. Giggity. Uh, good morning to you. He says, "What's up, fellas? Love the new setup. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Big changes coming, folks." 
it's going to continue to evolve. I think you, uh, I think you will quickly see that. Um, let's see. Trevor Pearson again says sucks. Jazz wasted Rudy. Defense should have won the the chip when the Bucks won. Jazz make the finals. They definitely win. Mm. I don't know. You know, I, 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 we've had this conversation a lot on the show too about, you know, were the Jazz ever talented enough to win a championship? They probably were. But were they ever good enough to win a championship? They probably were not. Never. I mean, I, I think the, the year after the bubble was probably your best, best chance. Mm-hmm. But when you get that deep into the playoffs, and I and you you go to the Clippers series again, when you have coaches the caliber of a Ty Lue, of a Monty Williams, of yeah. a Steve Kerr, when you look at the last couple of years of what happened to the the Utah Jazz, they got diagnosed to death. <laughs> I mean, you had a guy in Jason Kidd this year, Ty Ru, Ty Lue last year that just exposed your weakness. And the issue became that this roster didn't change. From the bubble to today, the roster is pretty much the same. Yeah. And I think if you look at the guys who have changed for better or for worse, if I said to you, let's and we can play this game. I'm happy to do this right now. If if I I'm gonna say a player's name, better or worse over the last three years. Donovan Mitchell, by far better. Like, it's not even, I don't even hesitate. The three-point shot's better. I think his ability to to finish at the rim has gotten better. His IQ has gotten better. Now, are there things that he needs to work on? Yes. Yeah. But from a, is he better than he was three years ago? Yes, he's better than he he's was. He's better than ago. he was three years ago. But I think that th- when you are, when you have the expectations on your shoulder that he does, I think it's, it, just being better. But wait, 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 wait. Why expectations on his shoulder? This team, this roster is not built around him. Yeah. This roster is but built he's, around. But but he's, the conversation has been, you know, hey, like, is Donovan Mitchell a superstar? It, like, Donovan Mitchell has been, like, nationally and locally. He he is regarded as uh, one of the one of the better players but in the league. But what's the truth about Donovan Mitchell? He's a superstar. What's well, the truth about Donovan Mitchell? He's got to get better defensively. What's the truth about Donovan Mitchell? He's got to be able to play at all three levels, and yeah. right now he doesn't. But is he better than he was three years ago? Yes. Is Rudy Gobert better than he was three years ago? Uh, Probably not. Like, watching Rudy Gobert's development, especially over the last two seasons post-bubble, he's the same guy. Yeah. He's the same guy. Yeah. He is a an elite rim protector who, once he gets outside of the paint, that's it. It's over. Yeah. And so when I look at what happened in the Clippers series two years ago, was that unlike what Dallas did to the to the Utah Jazz this past year? No, I mean, they did it in a, a slightly different way. I mean, obviously they didn't take them. I mean, they did take them to the corner a couple of times, but not as egregiously or as blatantly as the Clippers did. But yeah, I mean, they, the, uh, the, the, the Dallas Mavericks were definitely switching Rudy. I mean, that was the, the center of the series. How many times did we see Jalen Brunson switch on to, to Rudy Gobert on offense? Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. And this goes back to when you're watching, you know, it reminds me of CP3 guarding Rudy Gobert and they won't throw him the ball. Because again, why won't you throw him the ball? 
Well, that was two years ago, and they don't. He doesn't have an offensive game. Yeah, there's nothing so, he can do. So I look at what happened this year. You can't throw him the ball because he. They tried. They had games in the Dallas series. They had games where they forced him the ball. Well, if you remember, he was saying that he didn't get the ball enough, and then they ran sets for him, and it wound up in turnovers. And he can't dribble. Yeah, Rudy Gobert has not improved. Boyan Bogdanovich, better, worse, or the same? He's declined. Mike Conley, he's declined. Royce O'Neal, same guy. Same guy. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we can sit here and we can have conversations. Jordan Clarkson? Same guy. Hasn't, I mean, Jordan, li listen, Jordan's job is to score the basketball. He does that very well on most nights. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson, again, because we, 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 we tell you we're the truth in Salt Lake Sports Radio, right? right? Like when you want to talk sports, where do you come for the truth? You come to the Monty Show, right? Right. The truth is Jordan Clarkson isn't a leverage player. He's not a guy that's going to win, and he's not a guy that's going to lose you a championship. Thanks. Donovan Mitchell is going to win or lose you a championship. Rudy Gobert is going to win or lose you a championship. Boyan Bogdanovich, and I love Boyan, and I think he's got a place on this team as the third or fourth guy. The ball was in his hand with the series on the line. And he missed. And he missed. And listen, Don, he missed a lot in the fourth quarter. He did not have a particularly stellar playoff run this year. No. You know, so everybody's got moles on their face. But when we talk about this team growing and developing, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're not standing still, right? Donovan Mitchell's getting better. He is younger and he's learning, and he's growing. So so when I go back to what Pearson was saying here about um, it's too bad they wasted Donovan or they wasted Rudy Gobert, I just don't see it that way. And again, you know what? I don't think you're wrong, Trevor. I certainly do not think you're wrong. I just disagree with you. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that they wasted Rudy Gobert when, when I never see Rudy Gobert working on anything. I mean, obviously, you know, he's he does everything that any normal NBA player would do, but but if you're Rudy Gobert, why wouldn't you put some emphasis on improving your offensive game? Why like why wouldn't you why am I not seeing Rudy Gobert in Brickley's gym? Why am I not seeing Rudy Gobert in any gym? I'm seeing him in the gym lifting weights, you know, but am I seeing you working on any sort of drop step or any sort of little hook maybe or like just anything around the rim because that's the other thing that nobody wants to talk about he does not have good touch around the rim are, are we on the same page about that like yeah like Rudy doesn't I, have good touch around the rim it is dunk or nothing for Rudy ooh, Gobert Greg Hawkins makes a great point Rudy is a classic story of what could have been if only he had developed year over year and this good this is the you know why this is a great point because the question is where do you develop because I don't think you develop in season yeah, dude. anymore I, I, I don't think you develop in season. I think I think when you look at the guys in this league who consistently grow and develop, and again, I'll use Donovan Mitchell as an example, because he works and pays big bread to Chris Brickley to fix the issues. And Chris Brickley's not a guy who you roll up into his gym and he's like, all right, you got to turn that hand right. They like breakdown film. They hey guys. they look at the that Don's game. They look at Book's game. They look at LeBron's game. Like yeah. that's why you see so many players working with a guy like Chris Brickley because he's he's proven. But I look at a guy like Rudy Gobert, and I see him working with his international coaches. I don't see him improving. I don't see him having a handle. I don't see him having a jump shot. 
I see him shooting three pointers in the corner in practice at the Olympics last summer, and he's gonna play. He's gonna play in the Euros coming up here in a month. But what does that really mean? Like I, yeah. I really hope that people understand. Rudy Gobert is not young anymore. This is not a guy who's 24 who can spend the entire summer sweating it out in the gym with his back to the basket. Yeah, he just turned 30 that, this week. Yeah, that's not who this guy is anymore. He's yeah. 30 years old. Yeah. And the bigger issue is when you are his size and your arms are as long as his arms are and his legs are, it's really difficult to evolve offensively. When you do not pop out of the womb with a soft touch around the rim, mm -hmm. it's really hard to learn that. And you see how much effort he's put into his free throws, Rudy Gobert. And he has. He's put a lot of effort into his free throws. But that's not the same thing as his back to the basket. And you know what? I think, Greg, that's a really good point. Yeah. I, I do. Leonard, Don, and Endelove, good morning, my friend. He says, Don doesn't even have the it factor. The mentality greats, the mentally greats, like Giannis, Katie, Braun, Steph, and others have. The factor to just do whatever it takes to be the last team standing. Absolutely right. He hasn't shown he has that. No doubt. Joe Parker, good morning to you. Didn't Clarkson win sixth man of the year? He did two he years did. ago. Yeah. He did. Yeah. But he's not a guy that you're you're going to win or lose with. He's not going to be – I mean, hell, at the end of games, there's a lot of times he's not even on the floor. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the sets that they went with – Jordan wasn't even on the floor at the end again. But that's what I mean. Like, bringing in a new head coach, like, all of these things are going to change. Like, the way they go about this roster yeah. and, yeah. you know, who plays what and who gets what minutes. Like, all that's going to change. And, 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 and that's what I'm most excited about. I'm most excited about this offense evolving and seeing what Don can do within that. Because I agree. He does need to develop that killer mentality. But I also agree, like, the consistency has to improve for that to be a possibility. He's got to believe that no matter who's on him and no matter what the game situation is, that he can get to the elbow and knock that shot down. That's what all the greats have. Yeah, and I, I, I think there is very little doubt in my mind. This team can win a championship in the next three years. In the next two years. You got to trade Rudy Gobert to make that happen. And not because he sucks. Because you don't play in the NBA, and if you play in the NBA, you don't suck. Yeah. He's making 23.3% of your salary cap. Dude. He's making $41 million a year. On <laughs> I started having second thoughts. You know, like that contract, uh, honestly. It's massive, bro. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's $41 million a year, man. Yeah, thank like, you. You can't win with that kind of deal on that kind of guy. Yep. If Don was making $41 million a year, we would be having a very different conversation. Okay. But he's not. So we're not. And it, it's it's unfortunate. Um, Hib says, good morning, sexy MFers. Good morning hey, to baby. you, sir. Good, thank you for referring to us correctly. Yeah. That's hugely important. Um, direction. Exactly. Uh, good morning, Jacob Yates says, Boyan also has also hit those shots, though. I don't but disagree has with he, that. But, but just, Re recency bias can't blind you. Boyan's legit, he says. Yeah. Mm, I, uh, I think, I, uh, I, but again, I'm the guy who says he can be on your team and win a championship. A, he's a guy who's a victim of of the the offense and how they ran it. That's absolutely true. Like, Boyan is somebody who gave you 50 against the Nuggets two seasons ago 
and then you get five points the next night because he can't get the damn ball. Like it's it's that's what that's what I mean. Like there's got to be more balance in this offense. There's got to be they got to actually run sets. Like that was one of my biggest complaints with Quinn. This team never actually like ran sets. It Don was Don and everybody else. Yeah, it was set a pick for Don and see what happens. Yes. And that's that's not going to be good enough for uh to to beat NBA defenses their totally dis- their discipline in the pick and roll defense is too good now to just run pick and roll the whole game and think that that's going to be good enough uh, let's see. Alex Chacon says T-Max said the same thing about Rudy a couple of days ago, year after year, no improvement on offense. I, well, I mean, we've been begging for this on this show for two years. Yeah. Hey, get in the gym. Spit. Since the Nuggets lost. Well, and I, I go back to what we talked about with Rudy last summer. Don't play the Olympics last summer. Yeah. Don't play the Olympics. You needed to dedicate yourself to the jazz. And Ew. I understand the Olympics playing for your country. I get it. One, that dude's played a lot of basketball, Rudy Gobert, in the last three to five years. A lot. Because the Jazz have been in the playoffs. Remember that. He played in the Olympic tournament. Now he's going to go play the Euros this summer. I'm telling you, at some point, you are, you're seven foot. You're going to break down physically. Yeah. He needs time. He needs time. But he also needs time not only to rest and regrow and rebuild. Yeah. He needs time to improve his game. And when you are constantly playing in games on a team, you cannot learn and grow. And the other thing is, what's the message that he's getting internationally versus from his coaches? Now, obviously the issue is you haven't hired a Will Hardy yet. You haven't hired a head coach. Yeah. But over the last several years, I think part of the frustration, or at least as I was told by Utah Jazz sources was, that they, Donovan and, and Rudy had two different paths over the summer. One of the reasons that this team is so willing to hitch its wagon to Donovan Mitchell is because they don't question his work ethic or desire, ever. When you look at Rudy Gobert, you paid that guy $41 million a year, and he's doing whatever he wants in the summer. Yeah, He's doing what he thinks is best. And the result hasn't been there. Donovan Mitchell has come back every year addressing a weakness. Rudy Gobert is not. That's pretty much self-explanatory. And Rudy has got to come back with a game that he can rely on. And now you're in this situation where you're going to trade Rudy Gobert because he is a liability, not an asset. And I think that's a huge difference. Yes. And I know that's painful to say. But Rudy Gobert's a, a a a liability. As much as that hurts, that's the fact. Yeah. When you're making that kind of money, expectations go up. Your responsibility goes up. Yes. Your responsibility no longer is just simply to yourself and to France. Your your and Evan Fournier. Your forty one million dollar responsibility is to the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And I, I know, I don't think, I know I've been told multiple times by my sources at the Jazz that there is frustration that he has not dedicated himself to growing and improving in the summer. You know. So there is definitely dissent between Rudy's camp and the Jazz about what he should be doing in the summer. I, I promise you that. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I totally agree. I'd totally take Alex Caruso, excuse me, on the Jazz. They need his stat line of 1.4 points, two boards, nine turnovers, and 0.4 assists per game. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know. Um, <laughs> that's not his stat line. Uh, Alex Chacon says, do we think it's going to be Will Hardy? I I do. And, and 
again, I just I lean back on what I what I've put out there on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, the day they fired, the day they fired Quinn Snyder, we tweeted that Will Hardy is going to be a guy that you need to to pay attention to. And Will Hardy is, in my opinion, I think I think he is the odds-on favorite to be the next head coach. I well, mean, and I think he's a good selection. I mean, he, he's what you're looking for. He's a young head coach, but he's also got the playoff experience. And that's what I think really separates him from several of these other candidates where it's like, hey, we want that young head coach. We need the relatability. We want a different culture in our locker room. But at the same time, we got to have a guy that knows how to win. And, and that's what I think is so special about Will Hardy. Now, Will he want to coach this team? I think so. Absolutely. I don't know what I don't know. I couldn't think of a better opportunity or a better player to coach for your first time out than Donovan Mitchell. You well, know? I, I also think though that that Will Hardy has a lot of competition. I mean, I the biggest question for me with who the Utah Jazz hire is, who are you gonna staff that that coach with? Because you're not gonna hire a guy like Will Hardy and say, Okay, bring in any assistance you want. That's yeah. not gonna happen. Um, and I think that's why you get David Fisdale news. I think that's why you get Terry Stotts news. And, you know, I think they would like to talk to Mike D'Antoni. That hasn't happened yet. I think Mike is a little um, – I think Mike's probably still a little sore and upset about what happened in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, that he didn't get that job. But I think that Mike D'Antoni – I think Mike D'Antoni would be an, an unbelievable lead assistant. Um, I think David Fisdale would be an unbelievable lead assistant. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, if you were asking me today who, if you had a gun to my head and you said, you got to pick a coach, it's going to be Will Hardy. I, 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 I have very little doubt about that. Jill Parker says if Mitchell and Clarkson learned to drive and kick shooters would be wide open. Don does drive and kick routinely. Um, I think it's one of the best things he does. Joe also says Americans don't understand the importance of national representation. Well, I do understand that. The issue is, you're paying him 23% of your salary cap. That's cool that he gets to go and lose to, to the U.S. national team at the Olympics. I want him winning against Dallas. I want him winning against the Clippers. That's cool that you're going to go play in the Euros this year. I want you playing in the finals, not in the Euros. And the issue is that Rudy, when he plays for the French national team, isn't developing. Yeah, and also in com combine that, you know, not developing. He's also being told he's some, you know, ridiculously good player. He comes back. That was one of the biggest issues I had. He yes. came back to the team and thought he was the Jesus Christ of basketball and that Evan Fournier somehow was was some great player. Like, that's what we heard. Hey, him and Evan Fournier are really tight, and they're working out together, and everything's awesome, and, and Rudy's got to take Fournier more control. And Evan telling him that, that, Rudy, hey, you should have the ball more, and... You got to demand this, and you got to demand that, and I think it led and to now a lot where of problems. We are. Where where are we? Where hey, you didn't develop your offensive game. You think you're better than you are, and you're going to get traded. And that's yeah. my problem. That's cool. If you want to say that Americans don't don't appreciate national representation, I'm not talking Utah Jazz basketball to talk about the Euros or the Olympics. I'm talking about NBA championships for Donovan Mitchell and whoever else they decide to put on the roster. And I don't think that Rudy Gobert prioritizes winning a championship because if he did, he'd have a jumper or he'd have a little push shot or he'd have any sense of individual offensive game. And he doesn't have that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast says, I heard David Fisdale is interviewing for the Jazz job. Do you think he's a great fit? As a lead assistant, I do. 
I, I not as a head coach. I though. would not hire him as a head coach. That's just my opinion. Bobby Anderson, good morning to you. I think Mitchell is going to have his best year by far this coming season. He's certainly motivated. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Jeremy Bolton. Also, why isn't there any BYU representation in your new setup? What are you talking about? There's a BYU an autographed John Beck hat right the there. Lo- they can't see it. Oh, because the logo's, the logo's covering blocking it. it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you know, sorry. I'll try to find sorry. a new place for it. Yeah, sorry. It, trust me, it's there. Uh, by the way, there's this football that's right here as well. That's autographed by John Beck and Johnny Harleen. So, I mean, if you want to send us a, you, you know, know your, your favorite BYU jersey, you can do that. Well, he says, uh, shame, shame. Let's replace Baker with Jaron. Well, Is there a Jaron Hall fathead? I might do that. I don't know. We'll see. Ruff's official. Good morning to you. Don has, still has no mid-range game or defense, but he is working so much more in the offseason than everyone else. Okay, so I'm assuming you're being sarcastic because, well, you're Ruff's official. Um, <laughs> if you can't see the year-over-year development in Donovan Mitchell, you're not looking for it because you don't have to look very hard. I mean, the three-point range that he showed up with last year, it, I mean – exponential growth. And again, all of this is to say my biggest complaint about Donovan Mitchell is he doesn't stay stay healthy. He misses too many games with soft tissue injuries. Yeah. And that's got to get better. He's got to become a more durable player. How do you do that? Well, the same way Devin Booker did it. You stay out of the paint and and you pick and choose your spots to attack the basket. And I understand the sentiment that Ruffus Ruffs is coming with like, Hey, like all we hear is Don is working, but he still has these issues. And and I have to say on some level, not a hundred percent, but on some level, I understand that like, you know, at some point Donovan's got to show up and arrive. He's got to come up with a complete game. And, and I think that's, that's coming. Like it is a process, you know, it's, it, it takes time to, to, to get to that point. I mean, all the greats, like, you know, excluding guys like LeBron or Kevin Durant, like right. you look at Steph, you look at Book, you look at you know any of these guys that came into the league and needed work. Like even like look at the the Ball brothers. Like Lonzo got better. Now he's still getting hurt constantly. Lamelo's gotten a lot better, and even through his second season, John Morant, dude, John Morant got way better year over year. So that's what I'm telling you. Like the, it's just a process, and Don's going through that right now. And I'm just, I'm I'll say it again. If you look at the guys on this roster, there's one player on the entire team that's gotten better every single year. Yeah. It's Donovan Mitchell. I, I, with, and if I'm wrong, point to the guy who's gotten better. I mean, I, I think, and, and if we're contrasting, and I hate comparing Don to Rudy because their games are just so different. Rudy Gobert does one thing very, very well. Yeah, He is a rim protector, and it's one of the defensive player of the year three times. Yeah. And that's the end of what Rudy Gobert is as a player. Well, and I think a lot of people would say, well, he he sets really good screens, and I would agree with that. You know, he is a really good screen setter, well, and, I, and he pushes the limit on his, what's legal. In totality, what he is is an elite rim protector, an elite rebounder, yeah, and a really good screener. Yeah. But at some point, you're going to need to be able to score on your own. Yeah. And he can't. Yeah. And, you know, the, those all those ridiculous comparisons to him and, and Giannis – are years old now because Giannis has evolved as a player. Yeah, and that's the most egregious comparison, in my opinion. I mean, Giannis didn't have a jump shot and now can knock it down from anywhere. No jump shot at yeah. all, ever. Yeah. And now he's got that. Uh, Joe Parker says Luka Doncic. What about him? What about him? Do you mean playing internationally? Well, I here's the thing I would say. When you're one of, one of the or arguably the best offensive player in the NBA, you generally can do whatever you want. I mean, it is... 
it's a production business. You earn, you want to be a top producer? Okay, well, when you're a top producer, you get all the benefits of being all a gas, top producer. No break. When you're not, you don't. Yeah. That's simple. And Luca, Luca is, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Eduardo says, Luka Doncic is basketball gifted. He was the best player in Europe at the age of 17. Gobert is about 30 years old and uh, and nothing evolved. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Tanner says, wait, autograph John Beck hat in football. What's the story behind that? Man camp, like 10 years ago now. Hey, guys. Um, and John Beck used to do uh, an appearance on KFAN every every week. Right. And so we we formed a relationship. John Beck and Johnny Harleen. It was amazing. Jeremy Bolton says, in the past three years with the same roster, Don really is the only one who has gotten better. I can't think of anyone else who has made the same jump he's made. I totally agree. Alex Chacon says, you put Rudy on Chicago and they're really scary. Absolutely. And I think Chicago knows that. Yep. And I think Chicago knows that they've got to get better defensively, especially in rim protection. So there's only one guy who can make you that, that much better, championship better at rim protection. Well, that's Rudy Gobert. Yep. And I think they'd love to have him. Absolutely. Uh, Jacob Yates, the biggest disappointment was Mike Conley this year. Replace him, moved on to the one. We need bigger players at the position. They're at a 6-4 power forward in Royce O'Neal. Yikes. Yeah. You yeah. need what this team really needs. It, and this is the problem with the Rudy Gobert yeah. conversation. Yeah. You can win with Rudy Gobert as long as he's not making $41 million a year. Yeah. The, the issue isn't his talent. And we've said this, I feel like, ad nauseum, and I know we have a lot of new listeners on the show, but the issue with Rudy is not his, his even his game. When you make max money 23% of your salary cap, you have very little flexibility. It's why Royce O'Neal is your starting four. It's rough, bro. I mean, that is rough. That's man. the that's the that's He's why you got to trade him. Starting four. Bro. That's why you got to trade him. Yeah. And by the way, the guy that you'd like to be your starting four is Boyan Bogdanovich, but he plays like a two. Yeah, he does. So that makes yeah. it tough. Julio uh, Simone Perez says uh, Luca is an exception of talent. Um, you have to look at Petrovic or Sabonis. They dominated when they were young on Euroleague. Yeah. Oh my God, Drazen Petrovic. <laughs> Man, what a what an incredible tragedy that guy is. Arvidas Sabonis. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, it, it's different. It's Europe is a very different thing. the The Spanish, the French, the Germans. Like, if you look at the player that comes out of Europe at a very high level, the Tony Kukoches of the world. The I mean, you Tony think Parker. of the, the Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili, like the best European players. They are gifted offensively. They need tweaks. They don't need huge development. Well, in, Rudy needs huge development. In the in the Euro game is team based, where the NBA game is individual based, and and that's a big big difference. And and that's why look again, no disrespect, but that's why you know soft Euros or, or guys like Rudy who who are not killers in the paint. That's why they do well in Europe because that's the style of play over there. And again, I'm not yeah. saying that to hate on Rudy. I just think it's it's the way the basketball world is built. Like. Go like again, J I M M E R, right? Dude went over to Europe and absolutely owned people. And there's a reason for that. You know, just because you can't win in the NBA doesn't mean you can't go over to Europe and, and do good things. But I'm I'm tired of hearing about how, well, he's got to represent his country. Okay, great. Go and do that. That doesn't mean the accountability in the NBA goes anywhere. You're getting paid, dude. You got to perform. Like, it's time to... And that's why I said, if you're going to give this dude all that money, you he better live up to it. Yes. Which we knew yes. he was not going to do when they gave him the deal. Again, 
Go back and find it. Go search Rudy Gobert on our on our YouTube channel and go all the way back to the day they signed the deal. You will hear exactly what we said. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Jackson Graham, Jazz aren't making any moves. What the heck? I'm glad you said that, Jax, because I, I think there wasn't a whole lot of moves to be made at the draft. I mean, again, not to be redundant, we said it earlier if you're just tuning in. Um, the teams that made big deals during the draft had lots of draft capital to do that with. And the Jazz don't have that draft capital. But I think so. the draft is the draft has always been something where there's a lot of opportunity. And that's why I think that fans in particular, you know, guys like Jackson or other fans like are concerned, like, hey, we're not hearing anything. Like what are what are they doing? And yeah. I think the tough part is again, the Jazz are leveraged right now. Make no mistake about it. Like you don't have picks, you don't have a ton of flexibility in your roster. Like you like this Rudy trade for the Utah Jazz provides a very specific thing and that's the beginning of new flexibility and new options but in order for them to do that deal the bulls got to go and get some picks or the raptors got to get it going or like they need help from other teams it's not just like a hey we've got this guy you got that guy let's just make a quick swap that's not how this deal works and that's why it's taking time no i would agree with that totally uh jeremy bolton says lol man camp didn't sean bradley manhandle gunther and wrap him around his waist like a belt something like that i'm for real something like that i wonder how sean bradley's doing he had that bike accident i hope sean's all right uh hullabilly uh good morning to international competition is definitely getting better but let's be honest we won the last gold medal with our c team yeah no kidding US americans yeah that's exactly right u.s americans i i would agree with that yeah it's not um yeah. will the thrill what's up bud what's up will the thrill says the difference between don and those guys you mentioned is they were drafted with expectations Don was a surprise. He wasn't expected to be a scorer. He might have reached his peak. Nah, I don't, I don't know think about that. so. I don't I, think so. I don't know about that. Um, I He's think, reached his peak with this roster, and that's why the roster needs yeah, to change. Yeah, and that's the hard thing. The hard truth is you need you need guys around you. He to He needs develop. more space. The de listen. The the all the people who hate on 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 Donovan. Not saying that that you were the guy that we just that comment we just read, but Will there is thrill, a yeah. big sect of the Utah Jazz fan base that thinks that Donovan thinks he's like too good to play here, or they just hate on him. And to that, I would say, if you spent any time on YouTube watching NBA game tape of the Utah Jazz this season, you would know that defenses were essentially playing five on four against the Utah Jazz offense, meaning that they could shade way over to Donovan's side of the floor, and he didn't have any space to operate. Like, are you really telling me that if you, if you, if I said to you, Donovan Mitchell versus X one on one on an NBA floor on on the on the wing? You're really telling me you don't like his odds to score the basketball? You're really telling me you don't like his odds to, at a minimum, get fouled? Like, we know this guy can operate. We know this guy can do some special things. And that's why I'm saying he needs space. They need to yes. go and get guys who are on the wing that the defense has to respect. And until that happens, nothing is going to change for this team. Boy, um, I got to tell you, Jazz Uniform Tracker, which is a, oh, an account I follow on Twitter. Oh, God. Um, retweeted uh, third, uh, an account called Third Kit, and they're doing a uh, jersey battle. Oh, God. An NBA Texas jersey Texas. battle. You want to know what's nar nar baby about this? With their old uniforms, the Jazz are in four of the top five spots. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the purples, the dark jersey, um, the orange thing, um, the city edition. Um, yeah, uh, those are top three. And then the, <laughs> the classic purple. Oh, man. It's insane, dude. That like hurts. 
The Jazz Unis were fine. Why? Like you didn't need to yeah. change anything. Um. Yeah, I know. Bummer. Uh, Trevor Pearson, rip playoff Mike Conley. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, has yet to be seen in Utah, last seen in Memphis. That's a great point. Excellent point. Uh, Andrew Hall, the rest of the NBA is getting long, young, and athletic, and the Jazz are old, slow, and short. He's not wrong, though. <laughs> He's not wrong. Look at the top three picks, all 6'10 or taller. Just saying. Oh, Andrew Hall, you're amazing. Just That's saying. That's exactly right. Havoc, good morning to you, friend. Ben Simmons and Claxton for Gobert, Royce, and Bogdanovich for who? I'm, I've been trying to think. Hey, man. Again, I would do that deal all day. I know I'm in the minority on this. I would love Ben Simmons on this team. Are we clear I, on that? I mean, I, I, I don't care if he ever scores a point. The guy can lock down four positions. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll take you it. Know. Um, and I love Claxton. But, you know, speaking of which, real quick, on, and I'd love to get everybody's opinion on this. When you look at this um, John Wall situation in L.A., and if you haven't heard the news, the latest is that uh, the Houston Rockets are working to buy out John Wall. Mm -hmm. And you know he has not played – he didn't play last year, and I think he's only played 72 games the last three years. And he – he I mean, it's at this point, you have to buy him out. You cannot – it is not fair to John Wall to say you're just not going to play for us. Last year – and John, by all accounts last year, John Wall was a true professional, like – he was around the team. He was working with the young guys. Like, yeah. And this is a guy who should be in the prime of his career. He didn't play a single game last year. They wouldn't trade him. They had opportunities. They wouldn't. So it looks like Houston's going to buy him out. John Wall is likely going to wind up with the LA Lakers. And my biggest question here, Jake, is what does that mean for Kyrie Irving? Well, I mean, I, I think Kyrie Irving is, is someone who, who – frankly has a lot of proving to do in my opinion i mean nobody doubts the guy's talent but i think what what really everyone is concerned about is his ability to be on the basketball floor like whether it's because of the thing we can't talk about on youtube or whether it's because he just uh can't eat uh at a certain time of day like like all yeah, this but, baggage, by the way he and to clarify that point john wall is a or excuse me uh kyrie irving is is muslim and so he uh strictly observes ramadan which is a period of time that usually falls between the in the LA in the um, NBA playoffs, excuse me, Ramadan does, and it means that you cannot eat sun up to sundown. But I think the issue is is he was not always uh, of that religion of no, that faith. Kyrie Irving recently converted to Muslim. Yeah. To the Muslim faith. And, and, and that's what I think people are concerned about. Hey, what is it? We're gonna wake up and there's gonna be news that Kyrie now does this or does that or like and we, and we can't control so it would you rather have john wall yes to, you would yes yes wow. i would not have kyrie irving on my team uh well and you've been pretty and i would and i would have ben simmons on my team over kyrie irving 100 percent. i think it's not reliable he's not reliable there's a lot at play here and we've been very fortunate to have relationships very close to this situation yeah and it, you know you look at the situation with kyrie and, and brooklyn They've stopped negotiating an extension is the very latest, according to sources telling us that Kyrie Irving and the Nets are no longer negotiating. Um, Kyrie is out and has permission to seek a trade. Now, the biggest issue is obviously Kyrie has a huge deal. I mean, yeah. he is on a player option for this coming year that he, he is going to have to opt into. He will have to uh, accept that option. Um, and I believe he has less than a week now. I think he has five days to do that. And once he does that, I think his number's thirty six point seven million. Mm -hmm. 
you cannot sign and trade him if you're the Lakers, who, again, as we tweeted last week, he would like to be a Laker or, or a member of the Miami Heat. The Heat have said they're not that interested because of the money. Yeah, and, next question. And the biggest issue is, is that if you sign and trade him, if you're the Lakers, you're hard capped, which means under no circumstance can you go over your salary cap. So you are frozen. So they're not going to sign and trade. And the Nets will not sign and trade him. He's going to have to opt in and he's going to have to play in a one-year deal. And I still maintain, I still maintain, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you're hoping he opts in and stays in Brooklyn because if you have KD, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, and if you can get Ben on the floor, and by all accounts, Ben is doing far better with his mental issues and he is phys physically he seems to be making steady progress. Well, he had that procedure done, which yes. really helped him kind of yes. move forward physically and mentally. If you can get Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and, and KD on the floor together, you're going to win a championship. The question is, can you get Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and KD on the and floor? And that's what together? I mean. Like, how do you like? How do you know like that tomorrow you're not going to wake up and get news? You know, through the through the news cycle, not even from Kyrie by a lot of reports. That, you know, now he's observing this or he won't play because of that. That's my biggest problem. Yeah. And I'm not saying the guy isn't talented. Dude, he's one of the best point guards the totally game has agree. ever seen, man. I love the guy. I love Kyrie Irving as a basketball player. I have issues with Kyrie Irving as a human being. And that's why I don't want him on my team. Yep, totally agree. Let's see. Um where do we go here? Ruff's official says the Jazz are going to give it to Don, build around him, and they'll lose, and then he'll leave. Could be. We'll see. That's I a, mean, you may be right, I, but that's what. But what else should they do? I think this is an interesting question. I'm glad you said that, Russ, because I, I don't know. Like, is the alternative to give it to Rudy and lose, or is the alternative to trade Don? Is the alternative to like? That's what I mean when I say. What else? What what other path is there? They don't have another path. Like like if you're the Utah Jazz, it doesn't make sense for you to to go a different route. No, like you have a guy in Don that everybody believes can you know go to this next level and and be a championship caliber player and be the guy. But that is still you still got to have faith that that can happen. I personally do. Like we both do. But I know, Ruffs, that maybe you're somebody who doesn't. So that's what I'm saying. It's tough. It's not easy. Well, he also says, what stat is Don improving? He had higher averages the last two years than this year. And you're right. He gets hurt a lot for a 25-year-old. Well, again, I am not somebody that believes you judge a player statistically. I think when you look at the number, and, and obviously he is a prolific scorer. There's no question about that. Um, his bet, The best part of Don's game is that he scores. Yeah. I think the bigger issue when we talk about improvement and development is, I mean, his shot has grown significantly. Yeah. I mean, he can make a – I mean, he has got as much range as any three-point shooter in the NBA, and I do mean Steph and Trey. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got that kind of range. He is logo Luka down. range. He's got Luka range, and he's got moves. His handle, um, his his – his bag, like he he is, he can drop guys. Yes. His step back, he's got a pull up. He's got a hard stop. Like, but the injury thing is real. The I have, injury I have thing to, is real. I have to agree with that. Like, you know, and and again, I, I, again, I know this pisses some people off, but this is why the book comparisons are so good, in my opinion, because book went through this same thing where he started being known as a guy who had hamstring issues, soft tissue, 
you know, hey, I pulled my hammy trying to posterize this guy. Yeah. And then Book got in the gym and started lifting weights and took care of his body. And now he's been to a championship. And well, he's a great scorer. And I think we're seeing that Don is doing that. Obviously, he works with David Alexander, who is the best body man in the business. I mean, um, David is the guy that LeBron, the bronze body guy, LeBron yeah. spends yep. millions of dollars every year with again, David Alexander. See, again, though, this is another LeBron-Donovan connection. Like, I think it's really interesting that Don and LeBron seemingly have this great relationship now. But I think if you know this league and if you follow the league at all, yeah, what you know is that Donovan Mitchell is, is yeah, he's probably under the the tutelage of LeBron James. Yes. Um, and I say that because we saw the photo of them working out together this past week. Mm-hmm. And LeBron James is very well known for reaching out to the the best young black players in this league yeah. and mentoring them. Yeah. And I I I know for a fact that Don and LeBron have an open, you know, conversation. They they they're in contact. They have that they run in the same circles. They're both Brickley guys. They're both David Alexander guys. You know, they have a lot of their circle of friends is has a lot of commonality to yes. it. Um so Don and LeBron run, run in the very same circles. And they texted no, well, I mean, you know, uh, but that doesn't mean, does that mean that Donovan Mitchell is going to the Lakers? No, it doesn't. Does that mean that LeBron James is coming to the Jazz? No, it doesn't. Obviously not. But what this means is that you're looking at the guy doing it the right way. And and what I will not do again is I will not continue to to judge guys on statistics. I just think it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Because when you look at all the jazz media that fawns over and slurps and blows Rudy Gobert into like the next lifetime about, oh, uh, the screen assist. Okay, cool. Screen assists are great and they're really important. Oh, he shoots 70%. Okay, that's really cool. But what's the truth about Rudy Gobert? Seems like a great opportunity to slurp and splash. The truth about Rudy Gobert is he's a very, very limited offensive player. Yeah. And when we get down to brass tacks, the playoffs, the fourth quarter of the playoffs, he gets exposed. Facts. And you cannot have that. You know this is your biggest weakness. And that's not a Donovan Mitchell issue. That's not. That's not. And you just have to keep you just have to keep moving. Yeah. Rack one, good morning to you. He says, I remember you asking like a month ago if if you would do a Gobert for Simmons trade and you said you wouldn't. What made you change your mind? I wouldn't do a Gobert for Simmons trade because I just don't think that's enough. Yeah. When I when you're going to trade a guy the caliber of a Rudy Gobert, I need more than Ben Simmons. This I, is what's so fascinating too. Like It's not a 1v1 deal. Yeah. You understand that a, a Gobert for Simmons deal is it's close to a $100 million deal. Like I need more in return for that. Like now, you know, you obviously are trading two problems, one for one. Okay, so if I'm going to take back a problem, can I trade the best defensive player in the NBA? But isn't that what we do in the league? We trade the lesser of, of two problems? Like yeah. Kyrie Irving, the lesser of but two the problems. Prob- the, uh, to change a phrase, the problem you know is better than the problem you don't. Yeah. And I don't know the dynamic that's at play with Ben Simmons. I don't know how, how much is his mental health impacting his ability to perform how deep and how involved are his mental health issues think need, that's HIPAA well it is it's clearly HIPAA but I need to know that right I I would like to have Ben Simmons on the Jazz roster I have no problem with that I'm not trading Rudy Gobert for him 
Yeah. Uh, it's just not a smart way to go. All right, let's move through some of these. I know FIBA rules are different than NBA rules. I think Ainge has to trade for improving the team. I would agree with that. Um, uh, Swiderski says Kyrie is a flat earther. Come on, truth. He is um, a flat earther. He believes he the earth is flat. Yes. Jackson says, I'm not saying Kyrie is right, but I've never seen the curve. Wow. Jackson says, uh, from the ocean or the sky. So wait, I'm What sorry. the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? Are you arguing that the earth is... So the, the water, the, the, the water, the oceans don't fall off the... It's the... Uh, uh, no. Wouldn't it be like a waterfall into space and shit if it was flat? Like, no. This case is empty. Uh, the opposite of full. Spencer Morgan, good morning to you, sir. He says, Donovan's assist per game took a big jump this year. His ability to break the paint... He's a playmaker. Yes. The Put driving guys kick around game, him. The driving kick game with Donovan Mitchell is there every single play. Yeah. He's got to get a better ability to get into the paint without turning the ball over. He has got to grow his jump stop game. So, and I think once that happens, you'll see that. Uh, Holobilly says, I'm really uh, hoping either Yudoka or Kofi can become contributing pieces of this team. Well, Kofi's got a chance, in my opinion. What do but... you do with us? Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, take it. See ya. <laughs> You're out. Yeah, I'm gone, okay. dude. I'm done with him. Okay, Jackson Graham says Donovan is going over the ice cliff. Uh-oh. Trevor Pearson. <laughs> the ice cliff. <laughs> definitely think Jazz have two years to figure out on Don's gonna want or Don's gonna want to leave. Front office higher trades will make or break this year. Exactly right. All right, real quick before we get to the non-sports stories of the day, which I'm sure everybody can't wait for. Right. Um. <laughs> How long will Deshaun Watson be suspended by the National <sighs> Football League? Deshaun Watson, you may have heard, has been accused of sexual improprieties. Sexist me. Sexual misconduct by 26 massage professionals, <clears throat> some of whom he flew to Houston into a suite of a hotel where he was alone with them. Um, four of those suits are still pending. He settled 20 of them. Um, and one of the most ardent pursuers of compensation who is not settled has text messages of Deshaun Watson supposedly apologizing to her. Mm -hmm. um, and I just go back to this thing with Deshaun where he could have settled every one of these for $100,000 each. And now this woman won't settle. And she probably wants a million. And it's just one of those things where we would never have known about this if he'd have settled this case. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. She would have never hired the attorney. She would have never filed suit. And 25 other women wouldn't have followed behind her. Mm -hmm. And yet Deshaun didn't do that. My feeling is you got you to gotta take him off the field for two more years. I think that's what Dude. they will do. I think they will two suspend years. him for two years. They will appeal it, and he will be suspended for one full year, one full calendar year. Damn. What would you do? I mean, I can't disagree. What I what I personally would do, yeah, I think two years is is justified with all with because it's the amount of cases. It's not just what he did; it's how many cases there are. But I have to say, twenty six years, like just just on the face value with like what we do in the news cycle in this country. Can you imagine turning sports center on in the, in the stringer says Deshaun gets suspended two years. And then if you're Baker Mayfield, you're still going to stick it to the Browns. 
Like, man, this situation is just jacked. I, what do I think he'll get? Yeah, I guess I do agree with you. Yeah, he'll probably get two years, he'll peel, and it'll be a season. But I don't know, man. Like, I have some concerns about what the NFL is going to do here, mainly because they've been super inconsistent with discipline. 26 yeah. women. Like, clearly and the NFL knows they got to make a statement with this, with the discipline they hand out. You've got to start getting tough on it. Like, the Alvin Kamara situation in New Orleans. Check yourself. Where he had, I mean, he beat a man. Still has not been suspended. But again, see, again, that's different. That's Guy on guy. Well, it's not crimes against women. I would agree. That's with that. different. That's I different. And in today's by NFL climate, standards, I mean that's different. They handle that. But, they've shown they've handled it differently. And I also think this overturning of Roe v. Wade is going to have a huge impact on the NFL because women's rights are going to be pushed to the forefront of the political conversation in this country. Yeah. And I think when you have a situation where one of your most high-profile players, yes, he is, and Deshaun Watson is. And you have 26 women alleging sexual misconduct at the very minimum. Yeah. Some are alleging sexual assault. When you have those kind of allegations and the political climate in this country, which, by the way, like it or hate it, I mean, the political climate has always impacted the NFL. Yeah. I think you're in a situation where you cannot go easy on Deshaun. And as you can I, see, there's not much hope for you left. When I go easy on Deshaun, I know that there's a lot of people saying he should take time served. He, what time has he served? Yeah. I mean, see, the guy yeah, got I paid the entire season last year. Yeah. You know, like, and I understand he lost a year of his career. But I think the pay thing matters. Like, you, it does. you're not really on suspension this if is, you're getting paid. But this guy signed the largest, most lucrative contract in the history of the NFL. And you're, you cannot give him time served. Yeah, I like football. I like football season and all the things that go with it. I mean, you essentially handed him a get-out-of-jail-free card with this trade to Cleveland. I mean, you're going to take. You're, he's going to get suspended two years. I, I, I have no doubt. I about think that. your best point is that he should have paid these. He should have paid these people off. This should never he should have, have handled been a thing. it early on. And you know what? The problem is, and, and not to go too far off the reservation here, but when you believe that you are untouchable. And when we sexualize women the way we do, yeah. Deshaun Watson's like, oh, she's a masseuse. Of course she's going to give me a happy ending. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Do you think Deshaun Watson hired male masseuses? No. Do you think Deshaun Watson was looking for the best physical outcome for his muscles in these massages? Never. No, he was only thinking about one muscle. Yeah. And he was only thinking about one outcome. And Deshaun Watson, his biggest problem here and his biggest mistake is he just wasn't very smart. Yeah. He put himself in a hotel suite alone with another woman. I don't <laughs> care if she's a masseuse, a housekeeper. I don't care. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. I, I, I go through the history of time in sports. How many professional athletes just recently? Trevor Bauer, Tiger Woods, yeah. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I mean, like, we can go through this over and over and over and over um, and over Bill and Clinton. over. Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, and over how many men of wealth and influence are going to put themselves in a compromising position with a single woman? Bill Gates. Ru Rudy Giuliani on tape with uh, with a gotcha jackpot situation where he's laying down on a bed un uh, unzipping his pants to have somebody break in. Look, look at the, the oh my, help me, the owner of the Patriots. Um, Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is a billionaire who put himself in a situation where he was alone in a in a massage parlor that was being monitored by the cops. 
okay, hey man, the cops came in and, and they have you on tape. They 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 have you on tape and what happened? Dude, I, okay. The 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 funny thing about the craft situation is the only reason he didn't get in trouble with with that is because of paperwork. They didn't check a box on the uh, what was it on the arrest warrant? I think on it the, was. It, they didn't check a box that allowed them to surveil him with videos. They got a warrant, Bob Kraft in this massage parlor, and it was a rub and tug joint. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, I've been immunized. They when they got the search warrant, they didn't check the box that allowed them to use video evidence, <laughs> which is why Bob Kraft was not caught in a jackpot here. Yeah. He was humiliated and whatnot. Good morning, uh, Mrs. Monty. There she is. Hi. Hi. Oh, hey. Let me We're dialing this. in the camera. What is happening here? We're zooming out. Eyes up, people. I see, yeah. Hey, Whoa. baby. Anyway, Anyways. Yes. What would you like I'll to add say? here is that uh, it is an incredible disproportionate effect on black males, on people of color. The, the rich white people can pay lawyers enough to get it dismissed, but people focus in. So if you are a black or brown male athlete, anything but white, you need to protect yourself. Yeah, twice as much. I, I twice, don't disagree yes, with that at all. Twice I, as much. Yeah. I think I, that's a, a great point. I'm not condoning anything he did, but please, please stop putting yourselves in a position to totally screw up your future. I'm well, screwed. And, yeah, and you're giving your wealth away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, Deshaun Watson gave his wealth away. That's what he. That's what he did here. At, at this point, I think he's two point something million dollars into these settlements. The the overwhelming majority believe, from what we've heard from leaks, that he paid each one of these twenty women. He settled twenty of the twenty four cases that were filed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He paid each one of the twenty women a hundred thousand dollars. Do the math on that. That's two million bucks. Right. You you look at probably not even enough for him, but well, no, it's probably not. I mean, he's making so much money. I, the point is, Deshaun Watson could have settled this whole thing yeah. for a hundred thousand dollars when this woman came to him, and he's the woman that is suing him now. That's probably going to get a million on her own. Who he apologized to allegedly in text messages. All she wanted was a hundred thousand dollars to go away. And he said, no. And he said, we're going to fight. And so she fought. And she hired the baddest ass of an attorney she could find. Yeah. And he's dug up 25 other women. And Deshaun's now out of pocket 2 million bucks. Yeah. And he's probably going to be out several million more to settle these other four cases. So it's just, to me, it's really, it's really dumb. It is, it is really dumb. Like... You yeah. know, uh, let's see. Ruff's official says, what the F are we talking about? Deshaun's a multimillionaire, right? But he's lost all kinds of endorsement money. Your money only goes so far when you're not intelligent. And yeah. I question the, the intelligence of Deshaun Watson based on his actions here. The lack of self-control is clear. I mean, uh, lack seriously. of self-control is huge. Yeah. I, let's be honest. Yeah. You have oh. other legal ways to yes. get this. And you, you know, whatever sexual needs you have to have fulfilled, there are places where sex workers are real workers and you can go <laughs> and get this and not get sued. Yeah. By the way, Alex Chacon makes a great point. 
they have this and Dan Snyder's nonsense going. The NFL really looks like a joke right now. I also think, by the way, the Dan Snyder Washington football team suit where he is alleged to, again, powerful billionaire white guy sexually taking advantage of other humans. Um, I think all of these things play a factor in how they're going to suspend Deshaun Watson. I, I don't have any doubt about that. Tanner Plummer, uh, if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for a year or more, and he should, I really feel like long-suffering Browns fans, that franchise has been through a lot. I mean, and now the way you handled Baker means yeah, he's that out, bro. he's out. Yeah. And now, by the way, I think this Deshaun Watson situation is giving Baker Mayfield a whole lot more leverage all he needs is a quarterback to go down in fall camp. And when training camp opens in the NFL, that's when you're going to see him get traded. Yeah. Because everybody has a need. Um, already read that one. Uh, Tanner says, oh, crap, Mrs. Monty is here. She is. Yes. Yes, she is. The uh, don't, don't be afraid, Tanner. The warden has okay. arrived. The warden has arrived. Right. Uh, Ruff's official says the millionaire can't afford an attorney. It's Ruff's. It's not that he can't Dude, afford it. You, he... You were doing so well today, Ruffs. Like, you were doing really well it today, bro. It isn't a Ford. It's stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. He has Rusty Harden for an attorney. Rusty Harden is one of the best defense attorneys in the world. It's not can't afford. It's he gave away $1.9 extra dollars out of stupidity. Why would you just, you know, give that away like that? Because you're dumb. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, it's a dumb decision. And yeah. He's, and he's still giving away more money. Yeah, yeah, he's not. And by the way, we haven't even talked about the attorney's fees involved here. He's, got one, of, he's got one of the best defense attorneys in the world. You think that's free? Like this guy. A couple of million. Yeah. That too. What, why do you think this guy would wanted a fully guaranteed, no matter what, bulletproof NFL contract? Because he knows he's going to be out a ton of money. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton, Mrs. Monty, where did you get that killer tat on your left arm shoulder? Um, hold on. God, let me tilt it down. Um, that is from Michael Bergfalk. Um, so yeah, she Brits Brit, we all pretty much go to the same guy in Michael Bergfalk. So uh yeah, he's our tattoo guy. Uh I've been looking to get some Japanese style work done and would love any recommendations. He is a Excellent he is a Japanese phenomenal artist. Japanese artist. DM me uh on He's on, on Instagram too. You can He is. Him, yeah, DM me on on Instagram, JB. I'll send you uh his information. Josh Lovering, good morning to you. NFL shop had Mayfield Seahawks jerseys on the Seahawks team shop yesterday. Did they really? Did they really? Joe Parker <coughs> rough relates on the stupidity front. Oh, go wow. easy. Chill, easy. Chill, easy. Chill. Ruffs is a friendly an assassin. place. Chill. Okay, Mrs. Monty, let's not get carried away. It's not a friendly okay, place. Okay, and I'm not the warden. I'm the voice of reason. No, you're the warden. I'm the voice of reason. <laughs> I don't know about all that. All right. Let's talk about Brian Laundry and Gabby oh, Petito. speaking about the voice of reason. Speaking about the voice of reason. Um this story sucks from the, the get. So you may remember that Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito were boyfriend and girlfriend. They were jetting across the country in a converted um, camper van thing. Mm -hmm. And they got to Moab, Utah. And they had a domestic disturbance in front of Arches National Park. And the cops were involved. The cops interviewed both of them and, yeah. and essentially let them go at the end of the day. They wound up at um, the Grand Tetons, Grand Teton National Park. 
And one thing leads to another. Brian Laundrie, now we know, strangled Gabby Petito to death and put her in a river. And yesterday it came out that there were diary entries found at the suicide site for Brian Laundrie. So Brian Laundrie takes himself back to Florida to his parents' home. And if you believe his parents, I do not. If you believe his parents, Brian Laundrie went out for a hike and never came home. Mm -hmm. What actually happened, we know now, is Brian Laundrie went out to a nature preserve, took his possessions with him, including a, uh, a handgun, and he shot himself in the head and committed suicide to avoid prosecution. Right. Part of the possessions were a diary that Brian Laundrie left. In that diary, Brian Laundrie wrote that it was a mercy killing of Gabby Petito. Mm -hmm. That she was suffering and she wanted out. So, of course, Brian Laundrie um, suffocated her, strangled her. I, I, my reaction to this is, you're a coward, Brian yeah. Laundrie. You're, you're a coward. Yeah. I don't care what he wrote in that diary, which, by the way, they recovered and it was water damaged, but they were able to read a good portion of the diary His in his own writing, by the way. This was not a mercy killing. You, you had a, in my opinion, they had a domestic disturbance. They had some kind of falling out in Moab. My guess is that that continued on their drive from Moab up to the Grand Tetons. And it got to a point where he wound up strangling her to death. And so he buried her body and he drove to Florida. And then he escaped through, in my opinion, his parents facilitating his escape. Yeah. And he shot himself to death so that he wouldn't have to face the consequences of being a murdering fuck. Mm -hmm. Excuse my French. That's what I think happened. Like... Does this does his diary writing impact you at all? No, I mean it doesn't change who I think he is as a person, I, I, and and I think that, you know, I, I I just I start to wonder how much mental illness was involved. Like I I don't think this was like getting into a an argument on a on a trip in a van. Like no, almost nobody would kill their their girlfriend or their boyfriend over an argument. Like I just don't think that this guy was sound mentally. And it seems like this issue comes up more and more, whether we're talking about Uvalde or, you know, anything else like mental illness in this country is a problem. And, and I think it's it, it's it's perfectly present in this situation as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Big Dog O-Town, by the way, thank you for the five dollar tip. He says, Mrs. Monty spitting big facts concerning the black athletes. I would agree with that. Shout the Mobamba. Um, I don't know. I, I. I'm having trouble caring about Brian Laundrie in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I don't care about I'm him. having trouble yeah. feeling sorry for him. I'm having trouble feeling sorry for his parents, who I believe facilitated his excuse and or his escape, in my opinion. I'm having trouble feeling sorry for anybody but Gabby and her family. Yeah. Because I feel like they're the victims here. Brian Laundry Brian Laundry's not a victim. Yeah. In in my opinion. I I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm probably going too far, but I, I don't think he's a victim at all. Um, and, and uh, let's remind ourselves, these two people were not without resources. They were not forced to be on the road together for however long they were. I don't remember the, the length of time. Yeah. 
they could have gotten help if there was a situation they could have gotten help anywhere and so i i have no sympathy for for either one i'm i'm glad he wrote it down i guess but he was a coward that's just a fact he got away with it he took himself out which is just again it's a cowardly act cowardly and you know it's just it's just messed up and i think that there were plenty of signs um, well, and this is why people are so pissed at the police in Moab. Yeah. Because there was clearly signs, the body cam evidence that we've all seen now infamously in Moab. I thought there were very clear signs that they should have been separated and and she should have been offered far more assistance than, than she was. I think the police in Moab should have done a little bit more. I think their families knew there was something going on and they didn't push harder. Yeah, I, to get I, I think help. that's tough. I'm I, not I, blaming them, but I'm saying like it. There's there's something else there, and uh, obviously, but we don't have the evidence that their family was well aware. No, I'm I, they not saying, knew. Like, Gabby Gabby told her family they had a fight. There, I think there's been signs for years. I and it, it doesn't and unless. On a whole other subject, I've been reading a lot about extremely strong THC and the psychological effects on young people, which is very true. Which they they, which, they used marijuana. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, anyways, that's a whole other talk. But I just think that it's not only one thing. Yeah, he's the catalyst. He's the murderer. He did it. But and- also, what have we talked about previously on this? They drove across the country in a van together alone, isolated. Yeah. And if we believe that they were battling mental health issues, mm-hmm. that's only going to be exacerbated by living it's in a, a van. It's a terrible combination. So, yeah, when you read his comments, Brian Laundry said in his journal, quote, I ended her life. I thought it was merciful. This is what she wanted, but I see now all the mistakes I made. I panicked. I was in shock. But from the moment I decided to take her pain away, I knew I couldn't go on without her. And he said... Um, Laundry claimed Petito's death was, quote, occurred as an unexpected tragedy. See, I, right there, not to cut you off, but that's where I start to have issues with him. Like, yes. Unexpected tragedy. Yes. Like, the fact that you wrote this tells me that you were trying to to basically, you know, define your legacy as someone something other than you're a murderer who killed somebody who had no business being killed. Like, that's what you were trying to do here. He also wrote, um, I don't know the extent of Gabby's injuries, only that she was in extreme pain. I was ending my life not because of fear of punishment, but rather because I can't stand to live another day without her. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. I've lost our, our whole future together. Every moment we could have shared, I'm sorry for everyone's loss. And I just, you know... He said, I hear a splash and a scream I could barely see. I couldn't find her for a moment, shouted her name. I found her breathing heavily, gasping and freezing cold, Brian Laundry said of the moment that he killed Gabby Petito. It's such a joke, dude. I, I, this just pisses me off. Mm -mm. You know, Mm. like it just, it's infuriating. And I'm going to guess again that there's probably mental health issues there. Nobody called them out. The cops didn't call him out. The cops should have done more in Moab for Gabby Petito. People lost their jobs over it. But the bottom line is nobody's bringing her back. Who lost their life? Gabby Petito. 
and nobody can change that. You know, and that's why I say I have no sympathy. I don't care if some cop lost his pension, dude. I don't care. She's yeah. dead, and there's no fixing it. And speaking of dead and no fixing it, the Utah real estate market. Oh, it has that. Is that a, a you know, um, um, probably, probably you know, too aggressive. Um, uh, no, I guess not. Uh, you know, uh, the Utah real estate market is where we're going to end the show today because there is a release of the largest price reduction markets in the country for real estate. Don't perk my ears up and then disappoint me. Who would like to guess at where the largest price corrections are coming from? Oh, here, let me tell you. It's Provo, Utah. Don't lie to me. Number one by a lot is Provo, Utah for price reductions mm -hmm. on current listings. Provo, Utah is number one. Anybody surprised by that? Because I, I got to tell random. you, I'm not. No. I'm not surprised it's just, at all. It's just very random. Like, I, I, I don't, I guess Provo was just overpriced. Is that what we're? Priced I, it's out. Close, it's close to the tech hub. Right. It's close to, you know, silicon slopes. silicon slopes, Adobe. So um, when things became too priced out here in the in the valley here, people were really focused on moving south and the boom of, of building. Yes. So I, how about I, this stat? Over half of the listings for sale in Provo, Utah County's largest city. Dropped their asking price in May as mortgage rates climbed well above five percent. Mm hmm. Over half of the homes for sale in Provo took a price reduction. We're getting somewhere. That's crazy. That's what I'm Not talking enough. about. That's what I'm talking about. This Let's data, go. by the way, according to Redfin, higher borrowing weights, which are five and three quarter percent at this point, have priced out 70%. Yep. That's why they do that. Like 70% of Utah houses can't afford. Yeah. To buy a home. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense to buy right now. You guys, I said 70%. Yeah. 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 And it's going to go into crisis lockdown mode here at the house. Yeah. Seven, uh, 70 you know of not homes. priced out yet? Corporations. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're thrilled. They're thrilled that you're taking a price cut because they're going to buy it up and then overprice it for rent to someone who needs a place to live. Yep. So, um, in Salt Lake City, 45.8% of homes for sale saw a price cut in May. Ogden wasn't far behind that at 42%. Yeah. Here are the largest markets in the country taking home uh, price reductions. Provo, by far, 47.8%, the largest market in Utah. Tacoma, Washington. Denver, Colorado, Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City. So essentially, Provo's at 48. Salt Lake City's at 45. Um, Sacramento, Boise, Idaho. By the way, Boise is one of the hottest real estate markets in the country. Talking about overpriced. Ogden, Portland, Indy, and Philly. Is Colvale on the list? Colvale, Utah. How about Camas? Drove through Camas over the weekend. Or we drove near through mid Midway. And talk about yeah, beautiful. overpriced in some Jeez. places. Yeah, Jesus. Midway Heber. Wow. Heber. Yeah. When did Heber become a million dollar market? Like million. You know, like that's yeah. crazy. And and so again, I say this and I don't say this lightly because I think owning a home is an important part of your financial development. Mm -hmm. Now is not the time to buy a house. No. It is. There have been very few times in the history of Utah real estate where buying a home was not the right decision to make. Right now, renting is far better. Yeah. Far I, better than buying. See, and I don't know that it is. I think that rent has gone up 
incredibly high. They are seeing 30 to 40% rent hikes for um, single family and apartment living. So it is kind of a, it's a messed up situation. Um, I I agree. Like it's a terrible time to have to buy a house. Uh, It's also a terrible time to rent. Well, yeah, but I, I think the bigger thing for me has always been, you know, like I live in South Jordan. I live in Daybreak, and the hardest part in Daybreak is if you buy a home today, you will not be in equity for a very long time. I wouldn't buy a home and, just on the cost of the money itself. Like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Why would you pay that much on, on the cost of actually getting the money? I mean, yeah. you, 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 you there's just, just no point to it. You just wouldn't. That's I mean, that really is the bottom line. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we take we take real estate pretty seriously on the show. We talk about it a lot. And I am begging you not to buy a house right now. Unless you get a smoking deal. You just got to hold, man. Just hold. Unless you get a smoking deal that is just too good to be true, don't do it. I, because if you buy a home now, you're looking at five and three quarter percent. Um, even on elite credit, you're you're over five percent. I'm telling you, don't do it. Wait. And and I think within a year, the market's going to be completely, probably within a, the end of the year, the market will be completely different. But it, it there's too much leverage on you right yeah. now. Because if you look at based on the mortgage rates, based on the selling prices, I mean, you're you're damn near pushing a hundred thousand dollars, depending on the size of the home you need. Yeah. In out cash outlay, and you're just not going to get that back. So, um, for my money, I I just I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, you have to be responsible with your choices, man. I am not giving you advice. I'm just telling you my opinion. I would yeah. not buy a home right now. Yeah, I would not. All right, that's it. Show's over. Uh, awesome to hear from you guys today. 